0: Welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Hey there, it's Pam Robertson. I'm so excited for you to meet my guest today, Joy Dushy. Years ago, she created something called the Joyful Approach that emerged during a great transformation in her life after suffering with grief and illness from the loss of her brother. She suffered for years with sadness, depression that led to a stroke when she was only 29 years old, And the mother of two young girls. While recovering from the stroke she began to question how she was living her life and realized that until then she'd been living a life without true meaning. When she looks back now the entire process was an awakening. Today Joy is living boldly her core desire to help inspire growth in others and create a positive impact in the world by sharing what's worked well for her. Her greatest joy is to give others a means to awaken to their own great love Joy and Purpose. To learn more about Joy or connect with her after the talk you can go to my website talkingjoy.org and click on Joy's picture. Take a listen. Behind your name do you know why you were named Joy?
1: Yes I do and thank you so much. It's firstly it's such an honor to be here today and I'm really grateful for the space. Um, As soon as I saw the name Talking Joy I was just like oh Wow. So, yeah, it's it's. Um, I'm very grateful for the name. Um, it was a very happy time for my parents when I was born. I'm the fourth child, and um, uh, my culture we we do uh, name after the living. Um, I'm a Sephardic uh, Jew, and and we in uh, our tradition is to name um, the, the the children after they you know, the living parents, but I was a free name. And uh, so my dad had just opened up uh, a new business. Um, and it was just a really happy time for them. So they decided to call me Joy. And I really feel so grateful for that, because I do, I'm very connected to the vibration of words of uh, energies um, with what I do today. So even more grateful today is that you know, I'm very sensitive to the words that we use that I that are in my vocabulary, uh, the words in, in a daily dialogue. Um, and so joy has such a high vibration and, you know, not not because it's my name, but it, I do have to use the name joy all the time. So, uh, you know, I am very grateful for that.
0: Mm, that's great. I love that. And a, a reminder of, of how you came into the world and, and, you know, it sounds like you're trying to live. In that same space, so that's uh, that's a great great name and, uh, and and obviously you know resonates with me too. Mm-hmm. It has special meaning. Um, so, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and and how you came to do the work that you do and and what exactly is that and um, and how can my listeners benefit from from some of the things that you do? But if you just start just telling a little bit about how you got to where you are.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um... It, you know, my journey really was a very transformative, I want to say a transformative synthesis of, uh, of, of a story that really was an alchemy in a way, like living with, with sadness and, and uh, suppressed emotions for a long time. I lost my brother very tragically when, um, right after I had gotten married. And so I lived with about nine years of just holding in all of this very, very tumultuous uh, pain that I, I wasn't able to or I didn't have the access to really heal those those pain those emotions or have access to deal with them. And so that resulted in very, you know, severe anxiety and PTSD and depression. I was also raising two little girls and then I suffered a stroke uh, nine years after I had lost my brother. Yeah. And it was an ischemic stroke uh, that really was, uh, it it debilitated me for a year where I was like uh, forced into a recovery. I couldn't, I was, I was forced into a sedentary, sedentary state. And it was in that year that I couldn't run from all that I was numbing with before and fulfilling with external things to just feel a little better. Um, And so it was in that time, I call it the dark night of the soul where I really was forced into this darkness, you know, and, and it made me question how I was living my life until then. And I found some answers and although it wasn't a very easy time, it was um, an awakening. I had and I was experiencing a spiritual awakening, and uh, I started to reevaluate and assess all of the areas of my life until then. And when I started to reevaluate what was what felt good versus what didn't feel good to me, it was very clear of all the changes that I would then make uh, moving into the next chapter of my life. And in that transformation, I found running and uh, running after I got the green light to move my body after the stroke. That was 11 months after uh, the stroke. And that became a very beautiful connection of the mind, the body and the spirit all working together in unison. And I just felt this joy from from moving my body through running and also connecting to my spirit, mm. so I, I ran my first marathon a year after, um, and I <clears throat> I just fell in love with running, and it, it was like almost like a portal or a pathway into holistic living. Mm. And I then became a, a seeker of all things that were holistically aligned. And I then you know um, learned a lot. I was it was, it was like a very contagious, uh, beautiful journey and uh, living a whole new life, like a, uh, in a whole new world. And it was so exciting to me, even though it was weird, there were a lot of weird things, but I was just like fascinated by all things in the uh, esoteric and the holistic modalities. And that's, I, I got my certification and, and then I just really formulated uh, the joyful approach life system or and and my own practice because i felt that i was experiencing all of this joy after experiencing so much pain and i just my greatest mission was to share this with the world and so that's so
0: beautiful so i read your story um obviously um before we talked today and I, I knew a little bit about that but I didn't know how much you wanted to share and so thank you for for being so vulnerable because um, what a tragedy to lose your brother and I could just I could feel that and I am I'm so sorry um, but I think that you were in such darkness and you came through to the other side and it's almost like where we are now in the world it's it's it's, you know, and I've been repeating this phrase, but it, sa- it said something I read somewhere about our feet might not feel like they're on solid ground mm-hmm. because they're not. We're crossing a bridge over into a new way of being. And so when you were talking, I was picturing that, that you had suffered a great loss, um, and some tragedy, but then you crossed over into this new way of being. But the scary part is for people is to, to take the courage that it took for you to embrace the new and to cross over. Um, and that on the other side was joy, (laughs) you know, ironically, there's that word again, but, but that there it is. And so another woman that uh, I had on a podcast said that in order to change, we need to be temporarily uncomfortable, or we need to be willing to be temporary uncomfortable. And it sounds like you finally greeted that uncomfortableness um, in order to grow. And, um, And I think that people that are teaching like you are, and like I am, we were born for a time like this. We're almost like post holders for now. You know that we have been through things in our lives, or we've we've you know I've I've been teaching this stuff for so long, and I've gone to school for, I and mean, I spent ten years in school raising four little kids, you know, off and on, going back for certificates and master's degrees, and because I was that passionate about it. And it sounds like, you know, you did the same thing. You you fill yourself up, and then you can pour out for others. And so I think it's a great story of how we can heal, and there's this awakening that happens. Um, on the other side, and then y- you know how great it is that you want to share that gift um, with the rest of the world. and so tell me a little bit about that. like how are you now sharing that gift? like tell us about your your joyful approach and
1: Yeah, thank you so much it I'm grateful for the resonance and you know to have someone like you that is out there with four kids and all that that you have you know going on in your life that. You know, you're still so devoted, and um, and it feels it just feels so validating. Also, because I feel that yes, we are in such an emergent time right now, and we need space holders. We need people like you um, out there in the world that are, you know, holding a space for for people that are really having a hard time. Um, but some of those same things that you mentioned that you
0: felt, I'm hearing that people are having those same emotions. They may not have had the loss of a brother, but, you know, they may have lost somebody with COVID or they, um, you know, they lost their job or they're afraid they're going to lose their job or their, their lifestyle. And, um, and there's so much change all at once. And it's so overwhelming. And it's, it's, I don't know, I just think that there's this parallel to your story to how, to how people are, are feeling in this moment today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And at the start of the uh, quarantine, at the start of the lockdown, I started to talk about my story more and more because it felt very resonant to the time of, you know, the stroke and the transformation that I experienced and the darkness, you know. So um, I, I use this metaphor and I was actually, I'm out on, on the Jersey shore right now, uh, half the week I'm spending at the beach. And I looked at the, you know, I look, I like to really, Use nature as um, as a lot of my, as a big part of my healing um, and my inner work and you know just looking at the the waves in the ocean and the surf and how we can u- utilize the metaphor of surfing through these waves that we're experiencing that can really seem very scary um, if we can lean into the the waves and ride the wave and you know, find that buoyancy and find that equilibrium of, you know, the, the really fearful times, the, um, the times that really feel like we're in despair. Mm-hmm. But if we are practicing and we're doing our work to stay centered as much as possible, we might not feel as afraid to lean into those, those waves mm-hmm. and to be with the fear, to be with all that's coming up. And to really stay grounded in, in our own center, in our own inner core. And then, um, and we can trust that there is light on the other side of that, that there is going to be some joy after all that darkness. So um, that's just one. The waves too, is that, you know, just like everything in life, things pass.
0: Yeah. And so it's more, it's, it's, I'm discovering more and more, or at least I'm hearing, talking to people, that, that the feelings that we're having are temporary and that the wave is going to bring us back up. You know, it's sort of like life. You know, I used to always say um, that, you know, the beginning of your life and the end of your life, if there's this long line, it's not like you're just driving along from point A to point B. There's these dips and 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 high swells or... Um, you know, and then you go down underneath for a bit and sometimes you bump along and, and, and so is life. And, um, so it sounds like it's the, if you stay the course and you use some practices that bring you back to that center, to your core, um, which could be, you know, breath work, or like you just said, being in nature, um, the thing that I noticed about nature early on, um and I'm in the mountains, so it's pretty easy for me to, you know, run in the woods and, mm-hmm. and, you know, go out and meditate and, and by myself, because there's not a lot of people around and um, is that nothing in nature changed. Mm-hmm. It was the steady for me. It went on as it should everything else in the world seemed in chaos, but yet I'd go out into nature and I would feel completely grounded. And then in all, over the way, the awakening of it in spring and seeing you know animals being born and new life kind of growing up out of the ground and it's such a metaphor that we could paint over into our own lives um, that you know there's always this rebirth this new beginning that's, that's possible. Um, And I found that in nature because everything just was as it should be that almost you would come back to the house and go turn the TV on and you'd say, wait a minute, is that still happening? Because it didn't seem, the contrast to me was so great. So I, I always say, I call it a reset. If I'm feeling unsettled, you know, it sounds like you have the beach right there just go out and look at that or sit and take it in. Um, And for me, you know, it's, it's out into, into the woods. Um, and that's accessible for most people, unless you're really, you know, tied up in the city somewhere. Um.
1: Yeah, I love that so much. And it makes me really uh, so happy to hear you say this, because I started leading these nature retreats, I'm calling them the sacred bathing, uh, the sacred nature bathing retreats. um, Because what I found at this time is that what we need mostly is to heal through nature, um, in so many different ways that nature really replenishes us. It restores us. And uh, I love that you turn to the the metaphors um, also of how, you know, nothing has changed. If anything, there are new seeds being planted in nature and just, you know, the, um, what was the word? The resilience in a way uh, that nature offers. So I use, I very often will go out to work with the trees because I love how the trees. If you look, especially at the old trees, they're what they what they're able to endure, right? Just like uh, the tree of life as a metaphor. And actually, the retreats that I was leading or am leading are in Central Park. They're in the middle of the city. And <laughs> I mean, the amount of of healing and that I witness through my my the members that come and my own self. Like I could be really tired. I can you know, be experiencing uh, a really hard time, a difficult challenge. And then what I experienced by the end of that retreat, that nature through ecotherapy, through uh, a lot of the indigenous practices that I facilitate with, with the medicine wheel, and then, and working with the four directions and then uh, forest bathing, uh, just so much that we can get out of these, um, these immersions in nature, how we can really turn to uh, you know, the earth is so simple. It's right there. It's free. It's like, you know, and so yes, many people are, you know, they, they will say, but I don't live out up in the mountains, or I don't live out, you know, near a forest. But there's really nature um, can be found uh, in most places, even in the city. Yeah. So
0: Oh, I love yeah. that. Um, yeah, I I always tell people, you know, to find a special place in your house where that you can go to that's sort of like that muscle memory. Um, and if you don't, you can't get out into the woods to just to take a chair that's mm-hmm. your special chair and just turn it towards the window because chances are there'll be a bird. Or you know, I was I was uh, stretching one day. And then then I I think it turned into a prayer. And so I was sort of just praying and I opened my eyes and there was one of those, uh, woodpeckers like a palliative woodpecker and I was like whoa where did that come from And of course I had to you know I had to look up the sign and and what it meant and it was early on and in the pandemic and but but nature surprises us constantly it's like going to the zoo it's never the same experience because different animals are out or doing different things and it's the same with nature it's just uh and and the word that you said that was so important and so valuable there was simplicity right? That it's simple. And so spirituality doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't have to be hard. I think people, maybe even just getting your mind over the idea of it and just going and doing it and just being a little more awake and paying a little more attention when you're outside um, is a spiritual practice.
1: Totally. It's, It's so important to realize that, that it can be so simple. It can be as simple as waking up saying gratitude for five things, five things that you're grateful for, looking out your window to the east, perhaps if you have, if you're able to, you know, look out east, because where the, you know, in the east is where the rising of a new day is where we can, we can witness, you know, a sunrise or, uh, you know, the coming of a new day. And just realizing that there are so many possibilities in the coming of a new day. And that in itself can be your practice, mm. uh, just feeling your feet grounded to the earth. But like you said, uh, I think it really is important to have presence with your practice. So even if it was only five minutes a day, but really uh, be, you know, to to um, form some form to form some intentionality, like uh, to really be uh, intentional about being present in those five minutes, I think is really the key. Yes, definitely. Because that's that's the only
0: time we're connected to the now is when we're, <clears throat> so often our thoughts are, you know, racing forward or, or racing back, but to bring us back to, to this moment. And what I thought was so beautiful about that is that you named um, getting up, putting your feet to the ground, uh, naming five things that you're grateful for and looking to the east and and you told that in about three seconds. And so that practice could be done in about 15 seconds. So there's the uncompli- uncomplicated simplicity of it is that it's it's as easy as that. And, and I think, um, and at least I know this has worked for me, and I'm assuming for you as well, is that that sets my intention for the whole entire day. It shifts my perspective. Uh, I, it sets the tone. I, I feel more joyful. <laughs> um, and I get to focus, I focus more readily on what I have and what I don't have. Um, you know, the abundance of what's already here in my life.
1: So beautifully said. And yes, absolutely. You're setting the tone for the day you 're literally turning the dial you 're turning the volume to a higher higher frequency, so you 're shifting your perspective you might wake up with uh, some kind of default pattern, some kind kind of default belief self you know limiting belief but what you 're doing is you 're shifting you 're turning the dial to a higher frequency you 're paying attention to what you 're grateful for to your perhaps your intentions for the day what your, uh, you know, the, the possibilities that are available for you with this new coming day. So, I love that. Um,
0: so just to shift gears, I kind of wanted to wrap back a little bit to, to the beginning, your opening, and you're telling your story about yourself. Um, and <clears throat> this just came to me, and I, I, I'm wondering because so many people are suffering right now, what Advice would you give yourself? Because I see that you're so grounded. There's a peacefulness about you. Um, you know, you clearly practice what you're doing. Um, I can feel your presence. It's you're very um, you're very here with me. And um, you know, I know people can't see you, but there's just a beauty about you. Um, what would you say to your old self? Before you had the awakening, when you were, you know, in a darker time, what advice would you say would, if you could go back and, and give it to yourself?
1: Mm, I love that question. Thank you. So I have a personal mantra, um, and it's when you walk in the light of the divine, you trust that all is Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I would say to myself, to my younger version of myself, and I say this almost every day to my inner child, because I do inner child work uh, almost daily, um, is first of all, you are loved and you are held, because that's what my younger version of myself needed to hear all along, and she needed some of that (laughs) self-love, The next thing I would tell her is, in the hard times, in the dark times, in the despair, when you walk in the light of the divine, you can trust that all is going to be okay. So just stay connected to that light, to that spark, that divine light that is there. It might be a tiny flicker, but it's there for you. And the next step would be to just put one foot in front of the other but under that spark of light of the divine. Yeah.
0: And you know, that's so beautiful. And, I, and I, it resonates with me in a deep way um, because uh, my inner mantra is that I am the beloved child of God. Mm-hmm. And I breathe that in. And I've been saying that to myself for so long that it has gone from my head to living in my heart. Mm-hmm. So if I take a deep breath in now, I hear that. But it's true for me it's true for you, it's true for everybody who's listening, that you are the beloved child of the divine, whoever that is for you. It's universally applicable to everyone. doesn't matter what your faith background is, that we are all, and we were born that way, and we have had it the whole time. But I think what people are finding is they have to dig around a little bit to discover it, but it's my truth. It's your truth. And, um, and that's really what the awakening is, is rediscovering that, that light. And, and uh, you know, uh, I think it's the Hawaiians I believe that we we're all born as a bowl of light. And that as we go throughout our life, we pick up these stones that we put in the bowl, these hurts. And some of them are bigger than others. And we, our light gets dim. And the imitation, especially now at this time you know and through the tools that you have and that i have and that others have is that there are ways to start taking those out of our bowl so that our inner light that spark that you're talking about can shine you know even brighter um and and i think that that's the goal and and at least for me on my spiritual journey and and like your wave you know uh, image. Sometimes I fall down a little bit and I need to go back. I say, Oh, Pam, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. And And I pull myself back. And I think that that is the gift in any practices is that then we have all these tools right in our arsenal to pull out, to say, Oh, you know what? This morning I forgot to say the five things that I'm grateful for. I forgot to ground my feet. You know, I forgot to, to, to say that, you know, that I am that beloved. Uh, tell me your phrase again.
1: Uh, when you walk in the light of the divine, you can trust that all is okay. Yeah. And so I would suggest
0: if somebody's listening and I, and actually, I'm, I think I'll put this on, on the website. Um, that quote is that I like to tangible things. So I would cut that. <laughs> I print it, cut it up and I would tape it, you know, on my, on my mirror or by my coffee pot or wherever i frequently go throughout because i want to see that reminder mm. it's, it's some we forget we forget yeah and, exactly. I, and i'm hearing that your practices are helping people remember their belovedness
1: yes it's so beautiful i love that and it really it gave me chills everywhere because um I think that so many people really don't feel that connection. And I, and I wish for so many to, you know, be able to tap into that, um, the, the connection of the beloved, of the divine uh, spark that's right inside of all of us. Um, but I think what happens is that we get really consumed with the mental chatter and the mental, the noise, you know, that distances us from that beautiful light within us. Um, and that's where I'm guiding people more to, towards the, the quieting, the more feminine um, energies right now that we need, or practices that we need to turn to, to really distance ourselves from all of that that noise. That um, perhaps we can we can if we would only um, get back to who we truly are. You know, just magnificent emanations of of you know the divine that we were born perfect we there was nothing that really needed changing you know and and so if we can just you know get back there it's like we then start to feel just so complete we feel yeah as you said you know we'll, we'll have those those waves and um, sometimes we take a step back and we we say oh what's going on here but I think the more that we practice the more that Those tools become more readily available, so it becomes like not as much of a step back, and we're like able to feel our own energy. Like something is in need of a course correct, uh, course correcting, Mm -hmm. and and then we just we oh well I have the tool of you know grounding right here. I'm just going to ground, and it becomes a much quicker um, rebound. I guess you know.
0: And I think that you had mentioned, you know, nature, and that you do retreats about nature. But that's most people. It's been my experience um, so readily connect to nature if they make the space for it. Um, so that is one of the ways that, uh, you know, that you know that you can get to that feeling. And then I was also thinking when you were talking that great athletes. You know, if you watch the Olympics. Um, uh, you know, and they tell these backstories of these kids that, you know, did all of these incredible things. Well, they didn't just arrive in that space. There was practice, practice, practice and work and work and work. And so it's really in saying yes to that invitation and doing small little things along the way that bring you to a place that that you can live and that spark and shine brighter, I think. Um, so yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that you brought in the athlete because I am an athlete and uh, you know, and it's, it's about building the muscle so that, you know, your core is, is strong and that, you know, even when I'm a long distance runner, you know, and with running, you you will experience it's a long, you know, if there's a long run, you don't know what's going to happen. If you start to feel uh, some pain or uh, some mental uh <laughs> You know disturbances that get in the way. Um, you, you what you do is you just ride those waves, and you realize that there are w- waves even through running. You know, but if you have the muscle, if your core is strong, it's just you just ride the wave, and and you'll you'll really exceed. You know, succeed in in your goal.
0: I'm just curious about your running because um, you've mentioned it a bunch. Do you run with music, or do you um, do you do anything or do you just sort of go out just open? And like, is there an intention that you have around it? Mm-hmm. Talked about how healing it is for you and, and really it was the spark that started your, your healing journey, you know, once you could, you said you could start to exercise and it really opened you up.
1: Yeah, I'm more of a uh, like a pure runner where I don't need music, but I do run with music at times. Um, I'm very much in the zone when I'm running. And it's where I really connect to a lot of my emotions, and uh, I move I move a lot of energy, and then I come to realizations. Um, so there are times when I'll just go out and not have any music on me, um, and I also feel very connected to the essence of nature as I'm running. And if there, I used to you know resist uh, like a, a very cold day or a very hot day or a windy, uh, you know, condition. But now I'm really just going with also the elements as well. And that feels more holistic for me too. So it's just this experience every time I go out for my run and, um, and allow my heart to lead. It's not like, you know, my mental mind might say, Oh, I'm so tired today. Or, you know, I shouldn't run for whatever reason. And I just, tune that out and i'm like what does my heart say my heart is saying this run is going to fulfill you with whatever it is that i need um maybe it's just like a, a you know a clearing of just some some energy that has been um non-serving or it might just be to go out and get some um circulation i don't know you know it's just it's good you know to what I'm hearing is um i'm hearing that it's 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 very
0: cleansing very Uh, health healthy for you but I'm also hearing that I bet you're tapping into your inner creativity yes where you're solving problems you're coming up with ideas you probably go for a run and come back I'm guessing just from what you're telling me with um you know because you we both teach I get excited when I when ideas come to me for you know creative ideas for the work that I do. Like, Oh, I'm going to lead this workshop or I'm going to lead these women. And, and I just came up with this incredible idea that, you know, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And then it ends up, I feel like that came from that inner spark. It came from the divine. And so it ends up when I do use the things that come to me in those spaces. um, They're usually very life giving to the people that I'm teaching them to. And I'm sensing that you, you might be having that same experience.
1: Absolutely. You just nailed it. (laughs) So there's just like these aha moments and uh, where I'm connecting the dots. And um, today was I'm writing my autobiography and it was just like, oh, wow, I'm starting to, you know, synchronize all these occurrences in my life. And that came through that run. So yeah, I come home and I'm just ready to like write a passage in my autobiography. So yeah.
0: And I also think it's so important too, for people working from home, um, that it, if you go out and you're kind of stuck and you're a writer or whatever you're doing and you're, is that to take those breaks because you're home now, most of us, and you can, um, and if you, if you're a runner or a fast walker or whatever it is that you're, you come back and your creative energy is, has had like a, it's been fed, And it's made you, you unblock yourself, you know, you hear people get writer's block or things like that. And I think that when we can go out and do that, that there's this shift in our energy field and then we come back more fueled up and, and and ready for, uh, for our work that's ahead. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, thank you so much for, um, for meeting with me today and for sharing your wisdom and, you know, your joyful energy and, um, and for sharing your story and your vulnerability. And we talked about that at the beginning, but um, I know that that will resonate with so many people. And, you know, that's what this is all about is to just hopefully that everybody who listens gets that little thing, just that little thing that they need for their journey. um, It will help them move forward and to recognize that there's this spark of light in each and every one of us. And it's ours for the taking. If we could just pay attention long enough to tap into it, um, so thank you for sharing ways that we can do that and uh, and for encouraging others to to grow and keep doing what you do. I think it's beautiful and I'm excited to see your your biography <laughs> at some point when it's done. And I wish you all the best.
1: Well, thank you so much. This was such a delight, Pam. And I, I love what you're doing. It really is uh, beautiful and uh, supporting all, all the women out there or your audience, uh, men and women. Um, so thank you, really. This is... I'm Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and you have been listening to
0: Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at TalkingJoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.